Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is a show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book. Or when Juliana finishes a book, we do a review, stick it up here on the podcast for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me, of course, as you can tell, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And today we are finally getting to a book which we've been teasing like all summer. Well, maybe not all summer, but for quite a while. Some month, maybe. A few months. Months. A few months. Maybe. Here's the thing. I started reading the next book, the latest book from Alistair Reynolds. It came out in uh, in August. Yes. And uh, I started, it was called, Inhi- it's called Inhibitor Phase. I started it just the end of August. Yeah. And um, I realised, ah, this book is set after the book Absolution Gap. Yeah. And I realised that I wanted to reread Absolution Gap. So it kind of led up to that point. Now, the characters didn't seem to uh, overlap, but the setting very much did. When was the last time you've read Absolution Gap? Then how long is it? How long is the gap? <laughs> how long is the gap since I read Absolution Gap? Okay, I've t- definitely shared this story before on this podcast, which is one of the reasons I started the science fiction book review podcast before um, uh, services like Goodreads existed. I just wanted to keep track of which books I'd read yeah. because I remember, um, no, I hadn't remembered already reading Absolution Gap before mm. until I was like, oh, here's a book at this secondhand bookshop. It's got, it's Alistair Reynolds book. I don't recognize the spaceship on the front because all the book, all of those uh, books of Revelation Space, um, Chasm City, uh, uh, what's the other ones? Uh, Redemption Arc. Absolutely, yeah. they've all got like a a picture of a. In fact, I'll just bring it up here. You see this? It's all. They've all got yeah. like this like fish kind of um, spaceship on the front. In yeah. front, you know, they've all got a similar kind of recognizable, great branding to go. You just look at it and immediately yeah. know, you know it's a Revelation space book. Yeah. Um, a, a book set in the Revelation space universe by Alistair Reynolds, and also a planet in the background. Yes, and. In this case, I was like, great. And I picked it up and I started reading it. I read through the, the, the prologue mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this sounds good. And then I got into it and I was like, hey, I've read this book before. And so I took it back to the English bookshop around the corner from where I lived in Berlin. Yeah. And uh, and they, I was like, oh, I've read this before. Got my money back. I mean, that's just the way it works. You, yeah, you, yeah, you, you return that the books. You return the book, you get one euro fifty. You get all your money back minus one euro fifty. It's a yeah. one euro fifty thing. And then maybe a year later... I uh, got a book. I was like, oh, Alistair Reynolds' book. <laughs> I don't, rec- don't recognise You don't recognise the spaceship. In <laughs> I don't recognise the spaceship. <laughs> and so I read through the prologue and I was like, hmm, this sounds really interesting. And then I got onto it and sort of like, hey, and here we are with Scorpio and they're on the pattern juggler world. I was like, wait a moment. Not only have I read this book before, I've also forgotten that I read it before and read through the prologue thinking, oh, this sounds interesting and then got into the meat of the book. So it's that same thing. So yeah. I'd actually only read it once, probably when it came out or near nearer to when it it came out um this book is from uh, it says first published uh, 2003 i probably read it 2004 or 5 mm-hmm. and then had this experience in 2007 of me right. starting a book and it's not as if i hadn't like it's not as if like revelation space isn't like a really great series and i'd already really enjoyed it, it. it's not like a forgettable book it's really. not a forgettable book but for some reason my mind was just blanking and this <laughs> happens quite often yeah. well not quite often it happens in various ways with me that i you know will blank on mm. things like that to be uh, honest i think it um for me it happens often in a longer series yeah it, like if you have uh, a few books in one yeah. specific setting um then wh- what's up no, no, come oh, on, talk then about. you know uh, you have the the settings, and then you don't you you remember the overall yeah. world building, what happens, but not in every yeah. single little bit in the story that happens. But 
overall you remember things yeah but then you don't do you don't really was like, it in this book was or was it, it in yeah. that book yeah yeah so in this case uh, but this was the time when the revelation space was kind of an ongoing concern you're like oh this is the new book in the revelation space universe you know you know because yeah. there's already three books had come out and then there was actually a break when he did like house of sons and other books like that and then yeah. it was like oh then the prefect and then the follow-up to the prefect and other short stories in that world and then a big break and now he's come back to it many years later mm. with inhibitor phase this new book which came out and i started it as an audiobook and then I was like, hey, I actually want to catch up with this. And I thought this is a perfect uh, opportunity for Juliana to also catch up with this because we listened to the audiobook of... Um Ab, no, Redemption. Redemption Arc yeah. together on one of our long road trips. Yes. In fact, Revelation Space was the first audible audio book I ever purchased. So if I go Ooh, all the okay. way back in my purchase history, if I yeah. go over to, um, what's this? Uh, well, I have it. I'm not going to look at it. But if I did look at my purchase history <laughs> in Audible, my first ever audible credit I ever spent was for Revelation Space because I'd like, I read this before. Yeah. I know I like this book. Yeah. This is going to be a good way into listening to an audiobook. Turns out it wasn't a great way in because I was, you know, because I'd read it before, I kind of knew it was coming and I wasn't really hacked. Anyway, I don't remember my, my reading experience from my first ever, <laughs> yeah. um, my first ever long audiobook. And that would have been back in, in 2010. In fact, I could look it up here. Revelation Space. Yeah, that was in, uh, in uh, yeah, 2010. Yeah, as I just said, February. February of 2010. So uh, the last time, uh, yeah, and then we, like I say, we caught up with the next book. Yeah. And then I thought, hey, let's give this a go because I have very fond memories of the Revelation Space series. Yes. And I remember the ending of the Revelation Space series being a very good ending. Like I really, really enjoyed how this book ended. I couldn't remember exactly how it ended, but <laughs> I remember really enjoying how it ended. You remember and then the all, Yeah. And then all of the other books set in this world, in the Revelation Space world, World, um, are then prequels. I mean, they're yeah. like the prefect, or now yes. I think it's called Elysium Fire, and those ones are set when uh, the planet of... Um uh, what is it? Yellowstone? Uh, yeah, Yellowstone is the planet. It's around the star of Epsilon... Eridani. Eridani. Epsilon, something, and then something. there's Chasm City, which is on Yellowstone. And then you've got the Glitter Band, which mm. was this, uh, you know, all the space stations, 10,000 space stations circling around um, in a big, you know, uh, well, glitter band, you know, like mm -hmm. a, it's like a ring system made yeah. up of, of that. And that's all the action happens there. Then there's the meld of, of, sorry, of the prefect and those books. All the action happens up there in the, in the yes. Glitter Band. And then... In the second book of the Revelation space uh, series, Redemption Arc, it begins off in the in the Rust Belt, mm. and the Rust Belt is what used to be the Glitter Band until there was the men Melding Plague, and then it's all wiped out by some nanobot plague, and uh, yes, doesn't it's not a good look for the Glitter Belt anymore. No, <laughs> no, the Glitter Band it becomes the Rust Belt. Yes. And uh, yeah, Which I really like this this word, this play on words. It's yeah. so great. It's, it's really, really good. good. Yeah. And so, like I'm saying, everything else has been a prequel up until the point of this. And then I realized, ah, this book inhibitor phase is taking place between the end of the main story of Absolution Gap. That's the book we're talking about today. Yes. And the epilogue of Absolution Gap, where oh. then there's a, there's a gap of like 400 yes. years. Yes, true. And yeah. I realised as I was reading, um, uh, in hip, starting Inhibitor Phase, I was mm -hmm. like, ah, this is set in that gap. Yeah. In fact, it makes a lot of sense because Inhibitor Phase, that is the phase when the inhibitors were very powerful. Yeah. 
that's the inhibitor phase. So I was realizing the little bit that this talked about in the epilogue of this book, of Absolution Gap, is really, really important because this is setting up what the future of the, the galaxy is going to be and what the future of humanity is going to be yeah. and the future of other of. space uh, things going on yes. too. Like massive, massive, just in the epilogue of Absolution Gap is science fictional ideas which would most science fiction <laughs> authors would like ex- they would explode their brains just trying to come up with something that clever yeah. and this was in my head and then i was like well let me read now through absolution gap and i got to the end of absolution gap let's just skip straight to, to this point because i might as well and i mentioned to you hey if you're going to read in infi- inhibitor phase it might or it almost might be better to read up to the end of Absolution Gap and then not read the epilogue. Yeah. Of course, you didn't. You read the epilogue. because I, I did. I course, already forgot it, though. Oh, no, I, but I here's, just, the, I just, here's the thing. I actually think that epilogue is something that casts the entire, of Revel- or the entire Revelation space world thing, everything, in a new light. And that's what I love about this being the, the last book, you know, Absolution Gap being the last book in the Revelation space uh, in the in that in that trilogy and in the world. Okay. Because what it does, it shows weirdly, <laughs> and this is uh, um, this is a strange thing. But the inhibitors, you know, in the book, there's the inhibitors. The inhibitors are this this uh, this uh, like um, many many thousand mi- millions or billions of years in the past. Some some uh, some uh, alien race or species got a message from the future. That's always what's happening in these books. You know, they get these things yeah. which some, there's some kind of reflection of of something back from the future, like mm. the, the you know the cache weapons that, that mm. they always talk about yes. here. There's like this cache of weapons. What are in the, what are these weapons? How are they so powerful? Yeah. Well, it's been information or some weapons that have been sent back from the future. Yes. So always this weird thing, and it's like really difficult. Nobody's quite sure how how the information is coming in this direction. Um, but uh, yeah, this information comes back and says, "Oh, this bad stuff's going to happen in the future, and the universe is going to need, or the galaxy needs to be prepared in this way." And they're like, "Oh, great, we'll get some inhibitors on that, and that's going to inhibit intelligent life spreading throughout the galaxy. It's okay for intelligent life to be on one planet, no problem at all. Mm-hmm. But if it starts spreading out, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna cut it off. We're gonna nip it on the bud, and we're gonna inhibit it spreading. Like right. it doesn't, they don't always have to wipe it out completely. And that's in, it's it's clear with the pattern jug." of worlds as they're called that there's some um, intelligences which kind of spread and just hang out but there's different pattern juggler worlds so they must have spread at some point but now they've reduced the pattern jugglers have reduced their um, intelligence down to or you know not intelligence their curiosity I don't know what they're doing but they kind of put the pattern jugglers themselves have put their intelligences and civilizations into like a holding pattern I guess you could call it Mm -hmm. just waiting and collecting information and collecting stuff but not actually doing anything yeah Um, I mean I uh, no, that's actually well, not true. They are collecting yeah. other species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are just hanging out where they are and uh, just collect the memories yeah. of all the people, all the species saying, that are visiting. Yes, but so the, the inhibitors don't work, don't mind about that yeah. because they're just hanging out. They're not yeah, actually doing anything. Yeah. What I love, what I love, 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 love about this book is that. Alistair Reynolds is committing with the Revelation Space Universe to kind of bleak, you know, the, the whole the whole setup at the start where they're like, all right, we've got this 
person who is a sadist and she likes being harmed mm. and she likes being harmed so much that she grows extra bodies for herself and then just keeps transferring her brain or things into or she like yeah. remotely senses pain and then she's got a whole doctor and a whole crew just there to make it like and all of the revelation space you always got this like weird gritty grungy yeah, like grimy yeah gr- but also kind of like fluid high tech low tech whatever yeah horror <laughs> gothic and uh-huh. um, S&M everything leather what all this kind of stuff is going on in these books yeah. and when then with the melding plague where you get the spaceship captain who melds with his ship and then becomes the ship and that's all the way through this book as well mm. you know captain hannigan or whatever whatever his name is hannigan i think yeah, that's probably think right so. yeah and the everything in the series is mm. like there's this backdrop not not in the prefect but after the yes. melding plague yeah. you've got this backdrop of like ugh, ugh, like this and it's and it's bleak but then there's these flashes of hope but then also bleakness mm. the the epilogue of absolution gap casts a, a, all of that into a light was actually you thought that's bleak. What comes up in the future is bleak. You know, like, how do you end a story? Oh, they all die in the end. Sometimes they all die in the end is a really... There's, that's, good end. That's, a, that's a good ending. Sometimes they all die in the end can be a victory. Or yeah. they all die in the end can be like a cop-out. It's interesting for him to find an end to a story, which is both worse than they all die in the end. And also, like, there's hope there, but then there's defeat there and there's victory there and there's darkness there and there's light there in a way which I Mm. think is so clever and along with all of the fun storytelling that has reached that got brought us up to the point to get us to the to 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 the the end if you get there yeah if you get there if you get to the end of this (laughs) revelation space trilogy and Mm. get you know find out actually what happens to the nostalgia for infinity this the the ship that they've been going along and what scorpio is up to and how clavain comes along and the the characters that we meet along the way what what is the you know what is the pinnacle of their story in the book Mm. and then this epilogue which skips forward 400 years in the future and you're like oh the inhibitors which have always been set up as this bad thing in the future yeah like the inhibitors are this evil like uh something which is really difficult to difficult to comprehend because mm. it's like unthinking destruction and re- reduction and removal of intelligence yeah and you get to that point at the end and you realize oh they are right they were correct Actually, they are the goodies. They're not the goodies. <laughs> well, I'd say they're not the baddies. They're not the baddies, <laughs> but just to say that you know, in that, like in in you know, in the uh, in the Matrix, when mm. um, it was it Agent Smith? Is it Smith? Which yeah, was the Smith? Uh, Smith. He goes, the humans are the virus. You know, yes. and he does that whole speech, <laughs> and then uh, after all of this, where you're like, yay, triumph, we're going to defeat the inhibitors and stuff, and you go, oh shit, the the main bad in this book mm. the main evil that everyone is going like not like is wanting not to happen mm. is actually it's the humans all along it's always the humans is it the humans all just along just look at what we're doing to the planet right I know, now but it's just one of those things that like that takes balls to just tell all of these stories and write mm. at the very end just in the epilogue of a book to say oh and just do you think you know, just as you were thinking, this is a is a good ending and a happy ending. What if the humans are the problem all along? Mm. What if the inhibitors are right? And you're like, wow, that is a that's a bold move on the point of an author. And that's why I'm really excited to read Inhibitor Phase, which is actually set in this 
in the phase in, yeah. the, in the phase of like oh this is happening after the end of an um, absolution gap before the beginning of the, the absolution epilogue. gap prologue uh, sorry, epilogue. Epilogue. epilogue yeah. yeah. So there's a, there's a 400 year gap there. Yeah. This book inhibitor phase is taking place in there. What is that going to set up? And are the people who are there at the end of absolution gap in the epilogue? Yeah. Are they correct in what's happening? Did they? You know what? You yeah. know, is that actually the end of the story? Yes. I, in some ways, I think that's a great reading. Sorry, a great writing challenge for an author yeah. to say, "Oh, I've got this interregnum of four hundred years. Can I tell a story in there which isn't unsatisfying, already knowing how it's going to end, or is new information going to come up in this next book that you read?" And also to make it cohesive, yeah, like to make it fit in the in the way of speaking, in the language you use. Yeah. Like he used. I mean, I don't know when he wrote this epic thing but it has been a few years in between I mean, maybe he had inhibitor phase in his uh, drawers well, he's, all, yeah, all he's like obviously long. got so many stories because yeah. there's other there's other stories set in this world like beforehand yeah. m- in the middle of it afterwards yeah. um, there's even um, a book uh, in the short story collection which I think I've don't think I've actually reviewed let me just type it in now here find galactic North. No, I've actually got it, but it's in the bookcase next door. Okay. A short story collection yeah. by Alistair Reynolds of other stories set in, in the Revelation. In the, space. And I read like okay. m- some of those stories, most of the stories, but because it's a uh, short story collection, mm. I, I just didn't get around to reviewing it for for the podcast. Of course. So if you want to read more about the you know the green machines that I mentioned at the end of this book, mm-hmm. um, it's explained in one of the stories in, okay. that, in that book. Okay, so cool. there is there is more in here. It's not like he hasn't explored this territory before yeah. the Revelation Space trilogy or after it yeah. or other stuff that's happening in Chasm City in the book Chasm City and in Diamond Dog's uh, Turquoise Days, is it? The, uh, again, a, a, just a two, it's like two novellas collected into a, into a novel, which I reviewed on the podcast, probably back in 2009 or 2008, like yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. And again, some weird books set, you know, like in one's in a pattern juggler world, one's on the weird tower with like some Groundhog Day, like looping, time looping. Okay. Thing. Well, not time looping. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to explain it too much, but yeah. He has explored a lot of this. Yes. Is there a novel's worth of material in that 400 years? And of course there is. You know, yeah, there must there be. Will, there, there will be. And I already started listening to the audiobook. Okay, so I will I'm, also uh, continue on with it then. Oh, you're going to go uh, into straight into an inhibitor phase? Yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um, just some something I want to say here. Okay. The, the creativity of yeah. Alistair Reynolds. Yeah. Like on different levels like the the creativity of coming up with ideas of technology of species of everything yeah is incredible yeah like if talking about coming up with ways of living in different timelines or different places yeah. uh, just in a different universe that is just what what he comes yeah. up with is where does he get all that from it's 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 so mind-boggling <laughs> this, 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 is the, this is the question that no author ever wants how do you come up with these crazy yes, ideas I know, but, you know? but this but in these books it's particularly 
wow. Well, yeah, this, like, Revelation Space was his first published novel. So mm. it's the book that, you know, it's the one that you can go, all right, I'm going to, like, now he's... Put everything a, in it. Yeah, now he's an established author and he got a book deal. I think it was worth, like, he, he got paid, like, a million pounds or a million dollars with mm. for 10 books over mm. 10 years. And I think this is one of it, the last books of that, you know, one of this series. Mm. And so when you're in there, like, oh, I've got to produce, like, one novel per year or maybe two novels some years when he gets paid. I think he was paid to write a Doctor Who tie-in novel or, what, you know, uh, things cool. like that. Yeah. Um, but when you're doing that, like you've got a lot of ideas and you've got a lot of things to put in. But when you're spending, oh, right, this is my first novel. I can put in all my time and like all of my creativity to find out what goes in this one story in this world. Yes. You can make it as rich as you want. You're not saving any ideas for like another novel. Like he had plenty of other stories for other novels. Yes. Um, no, I understand. But, yeah. But we're talking about Absolution Gap here, yeah. not Revelation Space. No, it's, like, I'm saying in the like, Revelation Space universe. Yes. Like he's obviously but, got, oh, and this this can happen and that can happen. And there'll be planets like this and spaceships like that and the accelerators and the conjoiners. And but the... already in like the first books, like I read yeah. uh, the uh, Revelation Space yeah. and we listened to Redemption Arc. Yeah. I already thought, oh, wow, this is yeah. incredible. The, the th thoughts and the ideas in there. Yeah. And with Absolution Gap, I think it's even more because it's a massive book yeah it's like it's it's like three books in one the, yeah that's the thing and i think that's the, <laughs> the the main issue with absolution gap is actually it's a it's a bit much like it, it itself could be it itself could be split into two novels yeah like that i mean there are pretty much two novels worth of story in this book yeah. and that it kind of switches backwards and forwards between them yeah and then at the end of the at the end of the story or the end of the novel they come together and then that feels like another novel or yes. like a, another novella's worth of action and stuff that happens right there at the end so Absolutely. yeah it does feel like two and a half novels in one and it is 700 pages long and yeah. i think i even mentioned in a previous podcast that alistair reynolds wrote on his blog once saying oh yeah i reached a peak of my cramming everything into a story <laughs> and all the world building and all the characters and everything that i want to go in but of course he was writing this as the end of a trilogy yeah. at the end of an epic science fiction Absolutely. space opera trilogy yeah. and of course yeah. you want to put it all in there yeah and then stick an epilogue on the afternoon which makes you think Huh, like that at the end. You so want to we, stick an, an epilogue of the afternoon. So uh, at the at the afterward, like at, oh, the, at the end. At the end. <laughs> Did I say afternoon? <laughs> yes. Oh, I didn't mean to say. That. I don't know what I'm saying. Like that. Like that makes you think. Huh. And so whatever's going on in this book. Yeah. It is a capper. It is a. It is the final book of. If you if you think about it up until inhibitor phase, but even then the the epilogue of this encompasses that inhibitor phase time. Happens. Maybe yeah. maybe uh, it encompasses that. Yeah. So you just think this is. I think it's the peak. It is everything. Yeah. It is like right. We got these characters from that first book. We got these characters mm. from that second book. We've got Yellowstone and the Rust Belt and stuff like that. We've got to wrap that story up. And yeah. I think that's one of the one of the few weaknesses in this book. Yeah. Where they kind of take a detour over to Yellowstone, and it felt like um, it felt like sometimes you get in a book where you just go, oh, and this this character has to be wrapped up. It's like mm. no, we were fine. Mm -hmm. Like in the yeah. in the in the uh, in the Star Wars, like in the, we don't always have to be going back to Tatooine. It's okay to have a story where nothing. happens happens in Tatooine yeah. but no every every single uh, yeah. movie like oh let's go back to Tatooine people like the desert I'm like, mm. Mm. and then every single new Star Wars movie that comes out there's another random sandy planet you're mm -hmm. like this we're just doing Tatooine again like yes. why are we back on a sandy planet like yeah. why have we gone you know to the, the universe is obviously full of sandy, sandy planets. planets I don't yeah. actually care that much about sandy planets but of course Ray has to come from a sandy planet because Luke was on the sandy yeah. planet and of course this thing has to anyway so 
what am I trying to say? Yeah, like th- this is a book where someone says like all of the f- all of the stuff which I didn't get into the previous four mm-hmm. novels mm-hmm. of in this series. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find a place for it in this, and then other stuff in the backstory of this. He's like, well, those can go in the prefect and these other short stories and these other novellas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think this book is one of the best novels I've read based on like that wrap up a trilogy. Yeah. You know, it's really, really difficult to write something which feels as big and as epic and as, in this case, biblical, you know, like, and it's like that leans into the revelation, redemption, absolution arc. Yes. Um, Literally, it's just, yeah. it has all like, in it. The, the, all of the that's arc, in there. The gap. Yeah. What is the absolution gap? Of course, the, the absolution gap is a, a a big like you know crevice, not even crevice, a big canyon on a planet. Mm. Yeah. And there's a bridge that goes over it, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, if you cross that, you're crossing absolution gap." That's what it's yeah. called. And yeah, there's it's there's just like so much in it, mm. and somehow. It 99% works. For me, I'm just saying yeah. for me. There are a few small points yeah. where it'd be like, that went a bit too long. We spent a bit too much time with that character. Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand that you suddenly need a, 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 a like a viewpoint character, like of a new generation. But Vasco, why are we spending so much time with Vasco? Like, mm-hmm. I understand what he's doing in the story, yeah. but he's not a sympathetic character in the same way that Curry being the new... Is it Curry, the, the young... Um, a pilot or a te- a spaceship technician. Antoinette. No, 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 in the second book, the the one who Anna comes. Anna from... Is it Anna Curry? Well, she's Aura's mother. No, no, no. Then you're talking no, no, about no, the no, wrong I'm getting person. The... Who's the one in this? Who's the one in the second book? She was the new character who was the, the her her father had a spaceship and then she took the spaceship. Antoinette. Oh, that is Antoinette. She's is the it? pilot. Okay, so again, in the second Antoinette book, Antoinette Banks. Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah, yeah. Banks. No. Ba- Baxter. Baxter. Bax. Anyway, mm. whoever she is, like. Her role in that mm. second book was to yep. be a new character coming in and being in a situation where things could be explained to her, and you, she's then like a uh, like a a reader viewpoint character, like a reader avatar in the book, sort of like, oh, you're the person who's now going to be thrown into this situation, and as things happen, you're going to be swept along with them, and we yep. as readers are going to be swept along. Yeah, and. Uh, I think Alice Reynolds was trying to do the same thing with his Vasco character, but then he kind of weirdly turns out to be too self-knowingly important and mm. other people recognise that he's important, but then he never really lives up to that importance mm-hmm. in a way which I found satisfying. Well, maybe an inhibitor face he plays more of a Maybe role? he'll come back. I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Either way, not a bad character, yeah. but I just wish he was either slightly more interesting or we spent less time with him. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's only like that like 1%, oh, that just like knocks down my enjoyment 1%, because actually what's going on and the things that he's being swept along with and the politics that he's involved with and the people who he's standing up to and yeah. are actually very interesting. There's a lot of stuff going on there. And that you have one person who is sort of like, oh, I'll help out here yeah. and they're like oh great and, and people resent pe- other, like people resent other people for just like saying oh I'll help out like oh I'll take that responsibility I'm fine with that I'm happy to do that Yes, people do resent that kind of person and I kind of resented him in the same way that other people in the book were resenting him and but also well, knew that he had this natural kind of yeah. leadership like people would just yeah. follow some people have a the the correct chariz- correct mm. charisma mm. to competence uh, level. 
The or com- even sometimes if even if the, what they're doing and saying is not even the competent no, no, thing. No, no, no. But that's the, 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 the point of a true leader. Yeah. Like someone who actually makes big change yeah. is somebody who has the, the correct level of ability. Mm-hmm. In other words, they can actually do the job. They are actually capable of doing the job and charisma to help people bring them along yeah. on that job. And it's someone like Steve Jobs who in the end people are going, what do you actually do at Apple? Like you're the CEO, but mm. what are you actually doing all day? Like yeah. why is it that you're the one in charge and doing yeah. those kind of, yeah. he cuz he wasn't designing the products. He wasn't no. doing that kind of but that's the that's the you know, that's the level that's the kind of world-changing person who does have both the charisma and the competence to actually to actually to get the best get out of the done. people <laughs> and what i loved about this book is that, that dynamic that um that scorpio who's mm. the otherwise leader yeah. he had all the competence and then clavain had all of the charisma yes. and also some competence but didn't you know and then they're like oh we're actually just down to competence and yeah. you can see this society on the on the on the ararat yeah. and they said oh we named this place ararat as a joke because ararat is the place where where the israelites when they came out of egypt they're like, hey, let's come out, and they stop by Mount Ararat, and that's where you get all the the, the all the the stuff in the desert with Moses going up the mountain and getting the all. But they they're stuck. They don't enter the promised land for forty years, mm. and the whole point of that is sort of like, yes, we're out. We've done the Exodus. We've done the what, yep. the, the redemption arc, whatever the biblical references that you bring in here. And now we're at Ararat, which is we're just going to pause here for a bit, and then they're like, oh, and a whole new generation of people have grown up here. Exactly in the Bible, the yes. whole point of that bible is that nobody who came out of egypt lived to go into to into the, the promised, promised land, land. Yeah. there had to be a complete changing of generation mm. for whatever biblical reasons are there but a whole complete generational change mm-hmm. and moses never got to the promised land Mm-mm. he just viewed it from afar yeah and you see the same thing happening in this book you're like ah actually we need the we need the person who is going to take over from the moses aaron miriam trilogy in in exodus you know yeah. the three main leaders there um you know the two brothers and sister yeah in in you know in exodus and they're like right now we're gonna we're gonna take that thing so you're like ah we have to have the next generation here someone coming in yes and the the charismatic leader and the, the competent leader that you know that 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 person has to be changed and apple did it with with they went oh we're going to have um designer person johnny ive and you know technical person tim cook and they're like okay that those two together are gonna like those two people one one guy you know so i understand i like the 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 play that's going on with clavain and scorpio and vasco but i just don't like vasco that much and again we seem to spend too much time with him like all this other crazy stuff is going on this book is this audio book is lasting 30 hours or whatever it is a big chunky book yes can we spend it like like just less time mm. with mm. that you know yeah 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 i i think actually the there there's some bits of um the whole religious and the bible references that i of course go totally past me because yeah. i'm just not as firm in any bible stuff uh, yeah. as you are so you get like i do get all this absolution gap and yeah. the redemption you see all the words the, i see all the the words yeah but they have no meaning and also they have no emotional connection to me yeah so of course there's this whole planet with all these cathedrals and all the religious yeah. stuff and all the crazy things that happen and to me i'm reading it and i find it absolutely highly fascinating and interesting but i don't have any any emotional yeah 
connection to any of that. Because you don't have a background in church or exactly. faith or cathedrals. Exactly. Or... My only connection to, to the church is singing. That's yeah. really, that's There's it. There's not a lot of singing in this book. Yeah, true. Mm. Then Talking about the religion, singing. I really love the virus, the the, the religious faith virus. <laughs> yeah. That it's kind of just thrown away at the start of the book, like this little throwaway line, like, oh, yeah, I've got this religious virus. Someone injected me one time mm. and it makes me have like religious visions and makes me have faith in this. Mm. And then you're like, is that is he actually having a vision? Like, what's this? Is, it, yeah. is there a vision? What's this guy? And then there's an entire religion that springs up on this planet. Don't need to go into too much detail about it, but it relies on first of all not faith mm. because the thing like anyone can witness the miracle yeah. if, if you just keep your eyes open long enough <laughs> when that's grim yeah. in the same time keep your eyes open long enough you'll witness a miracle so there's actually um like even the computers themselves are doubting themselves like the computer there's a there's a great scene I, I, I like i like that that at the beginning yeah. it's just great there's a there's a number of scenes um where a computer is like there's a there's this whole ecosystem this is the, this is the thing that what that yes. one little bit yeah, in that it's, like it, it's one whole <laughs> like one whole like where did that come from why are we not more spending more time with these entities some like it's there's great. some entire novels which aren't as clever as a joke that yeah. alistair reynolds is writing about an ecosystem of like 15 different levels of error reporting and the error reporting artificial intelligence algorithms go well i would report this error but actually it's probably not important enough and if i report too many things um, they're going to retire me. But yeah, they're going to be annoyed with me and say, oh, stop, stop reporting to it and just turn me off. And then there's going to, so there's like this, um, there's this weird, like this is in the bowels of the computers of and all the sensors. Deep, yeah. Layers deep in these mm. space huggers, these these spaceships that's going between. And they're like, oh, but I spotted something which doesn't make sense. And it goes all the way up this level uh, and to this, like this one, like semi, like obviously like self-aware, semi-self-aware, autonomous error reporting software program yeah. and he's like mm, should i report this thing or not he's like nah if i report this they're definitely going to think i'm the defective one tell you what i won't report it but i'll doctor the evidence in some way that if somebody else discovers the same thing they'll look at it and go ah somebody has also thought about mm -hmm. this and then a bit later on it happens again and this computer system's like hmm I don't think I should report this, but I found this weird data here. <laughs> yeah. And so it's this it's just this extended joke about yeah. like error reporting software mm -hmm. in some, you know, software layer in some network it's in great. a com computer program. It's weird. In exactly the same point of inhibitor phase, he does Alistair Reynolds writes the, pretty much the same chapter mm -hmm. about a uh, in this case there's some rockets being fired at Mars and one of them is going, "Should I try and get through this?" And he goes, hmm, you know what I'm not and it's ex it's exactly the same thing like this self-aware computer algorithm just to like kick making this, decisions yeah, making a little decision to do something or not to do something yeah. and it's funny that exactly in the same point in the same book you know like six chapters in you're like well we, we set up some characters we've got to do this mm -hmm. we've got to hear what's actually going on here yeah. let's not tell this from a human's point of view because it's like too technical it's too scientific or whatever Let's tell it from a computer program's point of view. Yeah. It is perfect world it's building. Great. Because everything else that happens in the entirety of the rest of your book, you know that underlying all the technology that all humans use are these like ecosystems of uh, 
intelligent a like agents within the software like yeah. we're so far advanced that every computer of every ship has has got thousands or millions of little self-aware agents running inside it and that's just what's needed to keep the world going yeah and it's like again it's like a throwaway gag by alistair reynolds which is cleverer than most novels yeah. most science fiction novels out of it's amazing yeah it's, it really it's absolutely amazing and uh and then the language yeah Ho- holy oh. Just before this, oh. I forgot about this. What? I was that—that that was all a diversion for me to talk about the religion. What I love oh, about yes. the religion is that you, there's this whole section of the religion. I mean, the what the religion is is that people who are part of the religion are injected with this virus that mm. makes them believe. Mm. And I love the idea of a viral viral load, which requires like <laughs> belief, like it causes belief. Yes. You know, it's the it's the crazy cat lady thing where the cats infect the the uh, the cats infect the women to have was it plasma? I know I've talked the about parasites. this. Yeah, the parasites yeah. in the yeah, yeah, it yeah. feels like that kind of. And I know that I talked about it on the podcast mm-hmm. and then got it all wrong. And I only know that because I looked it up after the podcast. And now I'm doing the same thing again. Plasmo toxic plasmosis, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, it's one of those things but then there's this whole wing of the religion which is the blood work group who mm. with the one doctor is in charge of that who's just he's just keeping track of these viral strains in all these vials and some people need a new virus and some people don't and then the leader of the religion loses faith until he himself is injected with like a strong with, like a yeah. different virus stuff so that yeah, a big part of the church is just like literally called blood work and yeah. i love that that's yeah, so great it fits in this whole um weird stuff like this horror gothic yeah body totally. whatever stuff it's great and so that there's some layers and then uh i just i just like what alistair reynolds does with language yeah and it's incredible you got some highlights and i highlighted some are you gonna read them or i'm gonna read them if you want to read it no no i'm just saying you you gotta you go for it if you know what why, um, why you want to read it um, oh, it's just about it's it's about the absolution gap, absolution gap yeah. itself. Um, so I'm just going to read it. If yeah, okay. it doesn't fit, you can just cut no, it no, out. No, no, no. We they don't were, edit for content. So I said we don't edit for content. Go for it. Just go. go. It might be something. They were curled into absurd spirals and ho- ho- no, you whirls. Read it. Oh, okay. You guys in the world. You can't uh, even read it. Uh, yeah, this is talking about the uh, the filigreed stanchions, the delicate tracery of filid- filigreed stanchions. They were curled into absurd, uh, absurd spirals and whorls, scroll-like fla- flourishes and luscious organic involutes catching the light and throwing it back to her, not in white and silver, but in a prismatic shimmer of rainbow hues. Every tilt of her head shifted the colours into some new configuration of glories what i mean just the words it's incredible like the, yeah the the this the artistic word word yeah. usage but also what blows it, my mind what it brings up he's describing what it is to see there's a <laughs> now just to jump straight into um literature bullshit um umberto eco's name of the rose mm. there's a whole like three like well, it felt like three chapters where somebody just walks up and sees the carvings around a door of a cathedral yeah. abbey you know those kind of things yeah. we when we were in york you know you walk up to the york mm. minster and you see you know um prismatic shimmer of rainbow hues and every tilt of her head shifting the colors into some new configuration of glories this is what we, that's what 
would happen as a uh, as a you know medieval peasant yeah. and you'd never been to a cathedral before and then you like, walk oh. up through the doors of a cathedral yeah. what Alistair Reynolds is doing is trying to capture that yeah and you know? he, he does it with language he mm. just does it with words yeah he doesn't actually show you what it looks like you know scroll like flourishes no but he uses he uses phonemes he uses syllables he uses yeah. letters and word things that make it sound majestic yeah of course. you know he doesn't just say oh it's a and you walk through and the glass is shimmering and you can see the light through yeah. it and there are rainbows yeah you know that's not what he's it's saying not. there's a lot more But, going on. Yeah. you know what it's because he's very good he's very good like he's a very good writer mm. and while like i say it's not all of the characters always hit home for me the world building and the just the just the fucking plot just the story yep. like we haven't even talked about why they are on Ararat where they're going no. like what's happening with the ship that's all stuff which is the main plot <laughs> and as it's in there's some great reveals there's some great twists well not even twists but there's some yeah. great re reveals of like oh that's what they that's what's going on here and this thing that they keep saying that they want for this only that one person and two people then what are these people doing out in the other side of the gap there's some It, people going out there and blowing <laughs> stuff up like what What's going like how why is it all going on yeah and it all comes together at the end of this book like you say that that last novel or novella yeah. length of the book where yeah. all the storylines come together and it's not switching back between uh, 2675 and 2772 which mm. is like the main two time frames that it's switching backwards and forwards between yeah um it accelerates through and you're always like what's going on of course now this being the second time I've read it the fourth time I started it but actually the second time I've actually read yeah. through to the end um, yeah I've, uh, I was also blown away by even knowing everything that was going to happen like the economy of revealing bits and pieces yeah. and there's this one point when Vasco is like yeah you, it would only take this to do that and for him it's like a throwaway thought and you're like oh that's really clever but you're like no no he's 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 slowly solving it but it isn't actually said oh you've solved it yeah. but it's Alistair Reynolds as an author just dropping more and more hints to the point where as again it's that um a surprising yet inevitable reveal where yeah. when it's actually revealed what's going on and why you know what's going on with the spaceship and you're going oh yes of course that's what they want exactly oh, of course yeah. that's it um, and and of course the captain's going to look for absolution <laughs> to, yes. to fill his absolution gap. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost no, though it's, it's the title it's of the book all, um no this is this is all just the way he constructs all this also i think what's really great Are just the, the characters, just the the variety of of people, of of yep. personalities. Yep. You have the pigs. Scorpio is one of my all-time favorite science fiction characters. It, <laughs> He's so it's good. Great, and the women are all like really, really strong, and like yep. it just it's natural. It, like you don't have to like oh, there needs to be this one woman here yeah, to yeah. have a woman in the yeah. cast or no, whatever. No, they're no just... it's they're, they're just part of everything. Yeah, and it, it's super natural and um, supernatural. No, you mean it's, it's very it's natural. It's very natural yeah. that that the the the, the people are yeah just doing just, what they're doing. And I think that's always the great thing. This is what makes great drama. Get get a, a, a disparate group of people, put them in a very uh, stressful situation, mm -hmm. and see how it plays out. And yep. that's what you get here: yeah. a group of desperate, a, di a diverse group of desperate people. Yes, go yeah. and just that can be gives, riveting. It gives you enough. Yeah. 
enough stuff yeah to write you about. don't need m- more than that yeah. to create drama to create every you know everything that you want from one of these one of these books yeah like one also of these what stories I always really love about this there's no cringy love story being like no. just like shoved in no. there for for no reason don't think i don't think there's a single bit of love story in this is there's, there's like if there's anything actually missing from this you could almost do with a bit of romance like you could even do with like oh it'd be really nice <laughs> there's if, other s- sort of love going oh, on yeah, yeah and it's yeah it's clever and and it, it often like there's there's scenes where i'm like cringing on things but nothing really here there was one single bit where the um the uh, the military that they are having on Ararat is called the security army. Yeah. And the way that this is uh, um, initialized yeah. is SA, yeah. which when I'm reading that, yeah. always feels a bit, ooh, not, yeah, it, I, I, I just can't read fluidly over, over yeah. a military called y- SA. Yeah. So at the SS, yeah, <laughs> something well, like that. it's what it was, yeah. SA, and SS, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just clarifying. It's sort of like, oh, we're going to call our security services, or like our security will, let's ring, let's call it the SS. And you're like, what, you know, how high do your boots go? And, you know, like you, if you're actually using those initials, you know, you need to, you know, they are going to communicate something. But again, maybe not to the people in the book, like not to the characters in the book. And there was one other thing that I highlighted, and that is just a little... Now I need to get the iPad to work. Here we go. Uh, here. Um, there was this one thing. Uh, they looked like returning hunters in some brown-hued painting by Bruegel. Sledges top-heavy with winter footstock. Yeah, foodstock. Foodstock, yeah. yeah. And I thought, like, hmm, the people there, especially that person... Would they really think of a painting by Bruegel? I know exactly which yeah. which one he, he's Bruegel talking about. Bruegel the Elder, about. Peter it's, Bruegel the Elder. Yeah, yeah. and it's <laughs> the it's the one that comes up in Solaris, um, in the movie. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, so I knew exactly which kind of like even before he mentioned thinking about this painting. Yeah. Just by the description of what we got before, I was thinking of this painting. Yeah. So it's like he's he's like he's describing it. But then I thought I thought the the reference to Piranesi in the book Piranesi was a bit over overloaded. But then you didn't recognize the name Piranesi. So I guess it's it's like sometimes sometimes you'll pick up on the art references and sometimes you won't. Yes. There's a great there's a great bit in um, uh, the. Uh, the Claw of the Conciliator, one of the one of these books by um, Wolf. What's his name? Someone. Uh, and it's. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just. I'm Wolf. just waffling Wolf now. Something. What is it? Wolf. Gene Wolf. The the book of the new sun, and it's sort of like this end of end of Earth. You know, long mm. Earth kind of thing. And um, and they, he just describes a picture that someone is looking at, and you've got to pay attention. But when you actually work out what he's describing, he's describing the famous picture of the first moon landing and the photo of Buzz Buzz Aldrin, oh, or taken right. by Buzz Aldrin. It's sort of like yeah, and there's a man, and he's standing on like a grey desk with the black background and his face is covered but his, his face has got a mirror and it's reflecting somebody and you're like and it's actually only when you get like halfway through you're like oh you're describing a very famous photo from <laughs> yeah. the 20th century yes. some clever stuff right I just want to say another few things I've got two more things in my notes okay. first of all uh, narrated for 27 hours and 10 minutes which is a pretty chunky book That's, pretty chunky book it's big um, 
Revelation Space Book Four, uh, narrated narrated by John Lee. Now, John Lee, of we course, know our all-time favorite, our, not all-time Rannister, favorite, Rannister, but Reynolds reader. Yeah, he reads Alistair Reynolds. He also reads um, Peter F. Hamilton. Like he's mm. he's your go-to guy for British space opera science fiction uh, writers who yeah. Luke started reading in the. 90s, 2000s and yes. become Luke's, some of Luke's favourite authors. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good. Really enjoy his stuff and I really enjoy his variety of accents that he does. Again, I'm not going to judge him by the quality of his Russian accents and French accents. I'm just saying <laughs> by the clarity of who you know is talking at any one time, also, works really well. F- for a British person, like it always, you need to always think of um, in an English speaking background, yep. uh, how convincing does this sort of accent sound to an English speaking person? Yeah, no, he does great. He does great. Mm. Um, so that's it. If you also want to listen to this audiobook, you know what? We're talking about this as the third book in the series. I think this, I reckon this novel, you could just start reading it because I think everything is explained enough just by in the world building. You will be a bit confused about why is everyone talking about Clavain and uh, Remontoir and things, but. Uh, mm. I would say start at the start of Revelation Space, but to get to this book, mm. it's it's chunky. You've got to yes. read like three previous uh, but, novels to get but, the most out of it. But the um, the name dropping in this book, yeah, was heavy. It and, is heavy, and I do uh, really enjoy that. I have knowledge of who, who all these yeah. people are. Otherwise, you're a bit like mm, like you don't have the the connection of why somebody is important yeah. or not important. Yeah, why is this person legendary, and why do mm. people? Why do we need to go mm-hmm. and meet this person? Mm. Yeah, you're right. So that is an issue. Um, but yeah, so I would say go over, check out Revelation Space. It holds up. Yeah. Um, uh, you can do that by going to audibletrial.com forward slash sfbrp, and yep. you can start your free Audible trial. And you don't just get this book, you don't just get a book free, you also get access to the Audible free library, which is all like, un, you know, an ending supply of free audiobooks if you just want, like the Netflix service. But that's not every book. Um, the other ones cost one credit. So each month you get one credit to spend on a, on an important book to you. And then you can listen to as many other books as you want you can, uh, you can from fill, the free library. You can fill the time until... Yeah. Uh, your uh, your partner's finished reading the important books. Yeah, by five different other novels just to check them out. Although I think one of those I did spend a, an Audible credit on. Yeah. Uh, no, then, then I actually asked for the Audible credit back. So I would just say that. One other thing is, you know, in the last episode, which I finished that, um, The Big Time by yes. Fritz Leiber, and we were looking at like, what were the other books? that Because the, there was no other books nominated that year, back yeah, in 1958. For the Hugo Awards. Yeah, for the Hugo Awards. Yeah. And as I was closing there's this new feature on safari called tab groups so it's like a different it's like a different window but without having to go to a window like tabs used to be don't open this in a new um window open it in a new tab Tab, but then when you get too many tabs you're like oh i'm actually going to make another window because Mm. then all of my sfbrp tabs can be over in this window but then i'll do that but then it works that when you close that and then you close the other one when you reopen it it doesn't reopen both window anyway it but now there's this new feature in safari called tab groups which is fantastic so i went over to the sfbrp tab group and closed some of the fritz Leiber big time uh, tabs that I had open. Yeah. But one that I left open was the Hugo Award for Best Novel because we were talking about that in the last podcast. Yeah. I was like, let's go and check out what other books were uh, oh, could have won. 2003 or what, Yeah, whatever. What were the... Uh, well, it was 2003 this mm. book was published. So let's go and look at the other books that were nominated for um, Hugo Award in 2003. What, what beat this out? And there is Kim Stanley Robinson, The Year of Rice and Salt, which I've not read. China Mieville, The Scar, which I've not read. Um, Michael Swanwick, 
or Swanick, The Bones of Earth, which I've not read, David Brin, Kiln People, which I have read and don't remember anything about, but I, I review, I'm pretty sure I've reviewed it here on the, on the SFBRP. And the winner in 2003 was Robert J. Sawyer for Hominids. Now, Uh-oh. hominids. Uh-oh. What <laughs> wasn't wasn't the kiln people also a, a famous Luke Rand? No, kiln people. No, hominids was the, was a famous Hot, Luke. Rand. Somebody, that that was almost like a turning point yeah. because yeah. it was one of the early rant podcasts that I did where yes. I couldn't stop. I was also on lots of painkillers at the time in Buenos Aires and was you know really in, in a bad way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was but one yeah, of those times just where one, one thing was that we I think we got a few new listeners who like. Uh, started yeah. listening last year or whatever yeah. if you want to get a really good rant go and listen to the hominids episode yeah. people really like that yeah <laughs> that was actually the that's the that episode was how i met jesse from the sff audio oh, podcast because right. he listened to it and then they were talking about it they also talked about it because uh robert j sawyer is from from canada and oh, jesse right. is also from canada yeah. and the reason why robert j sawyer I, again i don't hold it against him winning a hugo the reason why he won is because that year the hugo awards the world con where the hugo awards are awarded was held in toronto canada. and he's a canadian <laughs> author and he was the guest of honor at the canadian oh, right. Worldcon and just so happened that to be able to vote in the Hugo Awards, you have to have bought a ticket to the convention. So if you buy a con- <laughs> ticket to a convention and there's a Canadian, or anyway, again, not well, holding anything. Talk about bias in elections. yeah, and it's one of those things where you just go, oh my goodness, why do books win awards and why do other books, which are clearly superior books, not win? And of course, it's a British author. It's the third book in a trilogy, mm. and it's not like you know the 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 Martha Wells series, you know the yeah. Murderbot series, where it's already got a big fan base and then the first book comes out and you're like, oh, it's a new book. No, this. This is sort of like a like uh, Revelation Space is a slow burn book, but off the back of this book, you know, he did get a million dollar book, a million dollar ten year book deal. Yeah. He did Alistair Reynolds, mm. so he he did pretty well. Like he's doing okay. Yeah. Um, it's not anything bad about it, and I don't hold it against anyone who just spent their random vote that they had. You know, they're like, oh, I'm Canadian, I'm going to Worldcon. Oh yeah, it's Canadian author, hominids. Haven't read it, but I'm sure it's fun. You know. It's such garbage book. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's turn our thoughts back away. Turn our thoughts away from Robert J. Sawyer and Hominids and turn it back to Alistair Reynolds yes. and uh, Absolution Gap. Yeah. We're going to rate this. You said uh, 53 minutes ago, just before I press record. Oh, I'm not sure I've got much to say about this, but, you know, we can make a good episode about a book which you don't think you've got much to say about. Yes, but it, if you if you look, always look at the, the layout of how much you talk, how much I talk, I have talked, certainly talked... Uh, Oh, look at that! You, you, lots of interjections by there. Look at the waveform. Yes, but it certainly, I my points were okay. You know, I didn't Continue. have that many points. What we're going to anyway, do now? Yes. We've talked about the writing, the characters, yes. our my my minor like one percent complaints that I have about this yeah. book. Yeah. We're going to rate the book now. Yes, and this is we're rating this book like we don't have to rate the whole revelation space series we don't have to rate everything about it just your reading experience of this book did you enjoy the book yes and your rating is out of five stars zero to five stars is 4.75 wow you're going 4.75 Okay, that's impressive. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew you were enjoying the book, but you, I, they, they, as you're reading, you said you, it looked like you were maybe a bit over, in over your head at some point. You were no. having trouble following it. Or was it just the dates? No, was it, it was. It, just the... it was 
during yeah. like during the reading process and, and until the point where my mind actually figured yeah. out what was going on then everything settled in place it's like if you have a big jigsaw puzzle and you're yeah. looking at it and some sometimes you're just a bit frustrated <laughs> by you don't know where something belongs to but then slowly while things are coming together yeah it's a big enjoyment yeah. thing yeah and i wasn't sure if 4.5 maybe 4.5 because it is complex and it does have a lot of stories yeah. within the story and um it is a massive book which i think could have been split uh, in no but I, it only works again but we're it saying it, it's got three novels worth of in the novel i think i think if we are talking about like the religion kind of equivalents yeah this is like going into there are some um baroque churches where you go into it and you're just blown away by everything yes yeah. it's overwhelming yeah overwhelming it's angels here gold everywhere whatever it's it's crazy 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 churches yeah but this is this is it like he went for all the indulgence and the the big i mean yep. it's not always beautiful it is no, body it's... horror and gothic <laughs> it's and really grim <laughs> all weird stuff yeah uh disturbing mm -hmm. but it's it's just so creative and beautifully written yeah and yeah I don't know. It worked for you. Yeah. So 4.75. So maybe 4.5. No, 4.75 is fine. Okay. I mean, it, depending on what you want to do. But when I give my rating, then we've got to average it out. So I'm just trying to think about what rating I can do just <laughs> no, to I, make it. Yeah. 4.5. I think that because um, there were some bits and it's, I don't know, it's it's, it's not okay. a five star novel. No, so for, for me, this is a five star novel. Okay. So between the two of us, you four and a half, me yeah. five, we're going to get the 4.75 yeah. rating that you there wanted anyway. Because, again, I have this 1% of things that I don't like about the book. Yeah. But I understand why it's there. And it is in service. The, the things mm. that I don't like about the book are in service of making other parts of the book better and to bring across the thematic exploration. Mm. And also to wrap up the debt that the previous book, like it's, it's holding the previous books. Yes. Much better than other authors have managed to do this. Yeah. There, there's this one story by um, uh, Peter F. Hamilton, which is, you know, you've got the Judas Unchained, mm. the Pandora, the Pandora Star. Star, Judas Unchained, and then you've got three more books and yeah. then you've got another book and then you've got another book and the last yeah. book isn't just finishing the story of the previous book mm -hmm. it's also trying to wrap up all the characters in the previous six seven books six yeah. or seven uh, novels and I, it's lost, like, oh, no. I lost i lost yeah. the, uh, it, the overview of yeah. that like, it turns out ago. it's too much to try and wrap that up but this book does pay off yes the previous two books in a way which the same is, level, is, the is, same is fantastic yeah and it's that slightly diminishes this book in its own right but actually does pay off the trilogy mm. or the previous four books you know including chasm city and absolutely it, it it works really well so for me for me five stars for you four and a half stars let's settle on 4.75 stars yeah it's big it's chunky but i think it's worth the journey certainly if you've read the previous books I oh think. yeah i mean yeah if you've if you've already got through revelation space chasm city and Redemption, uh, Redemption Arc, Arc yeah. of course, read this book. Yeah. And I think it's a great setup. Now, we might be setting the bar a bit high going into inhibitor phase <laughs> well, because like, it's a it's an older author returning to a beloved world mm. and that doesn't always pay off. It doesn't always work. But he's already done it a few times. And yeah. I thought, and like we gave the prefect like a really high score. Yes. 
Um, so let's see what happens with Inhibitor Phase, which will be coming. The podcast will be coming. I reckon let's do this in a different way. I'm not going to try and ju- I'm not going to just listen to that audiobook straight away. Yes. I'm going to wait for you to get 80% of the way through okay. the Inhibitor Phase ebook. Yeah. And then I'll start listening to Inhibitor Phase. I'll start re listening to Inhibitor Phase because I got like six or seven chapters in. Okay. Um, we so will then do I'll that. start that. Meanwhile, I'll just go through another book. I'm not going to try and do small books for you to catch up. I'll just, yeah. I'll just, I'll just read another chunky book. I'll pick one out and go for it. Okay. Let's do it that way. All right. We're, oh, we can finish up within the hour. Thank you very much to our Patreon supporters. You can support us on Patreon by going to uh, patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. Uh, mostly for juggling stuff. We've just been to a juggling festival. You can check out our convention vlog. I need to actually post that to the Patreon uh, yes, page as well. Yes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burridge. Uh, Juliana is also on Twitter at uh, J-U-K-U Berlin. We're on Instagram with those same handles. Anything else you want to say, Juliana, as we nope, finish up? thank you for listening. And also become our friends on uh, goodreads.com so we can also see what you think of these books uh, i haven't read through other people's uh, revelation space absolution gap reviews but i can get to it thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time goodbye <laughs>